After losing six straight games, West Virginia will look to get back in the win column against a tough Texas Tech team on Saturday. West Virginia also may be without their leading scorer and best player, Taz Sherman. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. What's going on, everyone? Wesley Shoemaker back with you with Aaron Parker, Quinn Burkett, BlueGoldSports.com podcast. We are here recording on Friday, February 4th, as West Virginia is set to play Texas Tech tomorrow afternoon at the WVU Coliseum. Obviously, biggest story heading in uh, to tomorrow's game for the Mountaineers is the availability of guard Taz Sherman. Sherman was kind of struck in the head uh, down the stretch of the Baylor game. Obviously, didn't come back in the last three and a half minutes. And head coach Bob Huggins has said Sherman is in concussion protocol since. Mountaineers coming off uh, six straight losses now. Uh, they've lost five in conference play and then one to Arkansas last Saturday in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Mountaineers have looked good in their last uh, three halves of basketball, I'd say, besides the last couple minutes without Taz and then besides the first half against Arkansas, West Virginia has seemed to really fight recently, and that is a good sign going forward. Fellas, how are we doing on this Friday, this snowy Friday in Morgantown? How are we doing? Doing good. Doing great. We're ready for some uh, college basketball in Morgantown this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, thoughts on Baylor? Obviously, West Virginia didn't get the result it wanted, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on how they played? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they played till the end. They, we competed all the way till the end, and it was encouraging after the Baylor game a few weeks before, um, and it wasn't anything like that. Uh, Akinjo and Mayer obviously led them again, but I think uh, just the three-point shooting of Taz was able to step up until he was hit in the face, like you said earlier. Um, and I think that really brought them momentum um, to a halt at the end of the game. Um, obviously, West Virginia went on the 16-1 run to end the first half. Um, so there was definitely a, definitely a scoring surge just for West Virginia. Um, it was just their ability to cut to also cover the three bullet points uh, on defense while also shooting threes of their own. Yeah, um, I think my biggest takeaway still going back to our podcast from earlier in the week is just West Virginia's inability to kind of stop another team's best player. I feel like that happened again with Akinjo getting loose, uh, happened the first time they played Baylor. And the Mountaineers are going to have to step up. Texas Tech has a lot of guys who can score the basketball, not at a high clip, but they still have a lot of guys that can score. And I think that'll be a big story heading into tomorrow. Aaron, thoughts on the state of West Virginia basketball right now heading into the month of February? It's um, it's tough. They're losers of six straight. And now you, uh, you turn to uh, every game is a desperation game. Like you have to win this game. And you got the, if you're the Mountaineers, you got two straight home games. Texas Tech is really good. I think I think they're a Elite Eight, Final Four caliber type team. They're really good, and it, it's hard to label that game as a must-win, but you have to, even though Taz Sherman might be out. Um, you know, Texas Tech is coming off an emotional win against Texas. They had four starters in double digits. Three of them had 15-plus. They're a great team, and they're ranked in the top, I don't know, three or five in defense. So it's a must-win for WVU, but it's, it's a tough must-win. Yeah, and I think what's going to possibly be a big factor besides Taz, I don't really want to keep talking about Taz because everyone knows if he's in, it's a difference compared to if he's out. But it's going to be, if West Virginia can keep Texas Tech 
off the free throw line. Texas Tech shot 36 free throws in their first meeting. That can't happen. You can't, you, that just can't happen if you're going to want to win Big 12 basketball games. And West Virginia is going to have to start relying on freshmen. If Taz can't play, look to Kobe Johnson, look to Seth Wilson, look to some of these guys like um, Jamel King, even who can make shots and who Huggins is keeps insisting will get in the game. And if you don't have your leading scorer, there's going to be minutes to be taken. And I think those three guys will take some of those minutes. Yeah, I was I was wondering if if Taz were to be out, you know, WV is probably going to start either Malik Curry or Kobe Johnson. Um, if you're Bob Huggins, do you want like somebody like Kobe Johnson or Kedrian Johnson taking a lot of shots? Like you know they're going to get in, but do you want them taking some of the what, taking the load off guys like Jalen Bridges and Sean McNeil and stuff like that? Because we haven't seen um, Kobe Johnson shoot the ball much, you know. WV fans haven't seen Seth Wilson shoot the ball much. So I wonder what kind of role they're going to play if Taz is out. Yeah, I think against Baylor, didn't Seth Wilson hit one three? I think he had a nice – it was from two. the – We had one at the end of each half, basically, is what it was. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, if they get him mixed in there, uh, he started – he could start making shots. Um, West Virginia doesn't – they don't have a lack of options uh, by any means. I mean, last game that West Virginia played, um, Texas Tech, Millie Curry did score 11 points, and that was part of his terror with whatever it was, four or five games where he was scoring double digits. Um, I think you say we you don't want to talk about Taz a lot, but he is the main uh, culprit, but I agree passing the ball. Moving the ball is the key to this offense. Um, and... I think if you can get Seth Wilson involved and you can get Malik Curry involved too, uh, you could have a dangerous perimeter offense. Yeah, today Huggins in his in his, in his Zoom press conference uh, prior to every game, he, he talked a lot about the freshmen and he talked a lot about Jamel King. He said Jamel King's been practicing extremely well and he's been making a lot of shots. And if – I think at this point some of those freshmen are kind of just – they're, they're players that obviously this coaching staff and this team has faith in because they brought them in, they, they, they think highly of them. And I just think it's at this point, how much can they give you and how much can they step up? They're kind of like an undiscovered, uh, it's a rock that you haven't turned over yet. And I think if you can turn over that rock and it's, it's gold underneath, you know, you're going to be, it gives you a much better, chance going forward not just in this game but down the stretch of February yeah I wonder about somebody like Jamel King seeing him in person seeing him close you know close to the court he's you know he's got a long way to go as far as getting put together but he's a freshman and um, Hugs likes him Hugs has been saying he's been practicing well if he were to get in against Texas Tech I wonder who he would match up with with somebody like Marcus Santos Silva that guy's got ginormous arms he's just going to have his way with Jamel King but if you put him on somebody like O'Banner O'Banner can step out and shoot the three ball he went five for seven from three against Texas so I wonder if Jamel King can play that perimeter defense on a forward that can stretch you out and shoot the ball yeah I think though that since West Virginia is searching so much for anything on offense especially without Taz I think Huggins and this coaching staff at some point is going or they're going to have to make a decision. Which do we want to prioritize? And if Jamel King comes in and is making enough shots, I think that this team, they're, they're going to have to stick with him and 
not take the liability on defense, but kind of just have to switch everything, rotate, and do what they do what they can to overcome any any matchup differentials that might be there. I'm interested, also, guys, uh, if Gabe and Kedrian are acting as leaders, how much of leaders they are in the front court for Huggins squad this year. Um, I know both those guys possess different capabilities, uh, but they're also, I think they're also capable of bringing up younger guys like Jamel King, uh, like you guys are talking about. Uh, but I, I just like to see Gabe and Keddy and those guys just take more of a leadership role. Uh, obviously play their own parts, but also bring up um, those guys as well. Yeah, I don't question Gabe as a leader at all. Um, I don't think Keedy's role on this team is to be the vocal leader like Sean, Taz, and Gabe. I think at this point, you know who your best three are, and it's those three. And obviously, Keedy, Keedy's going to be good. Like, he's going to be good not for, like, he, like there's going to be a different, like, Gabe, he's, he's Gabe. Like, no one's ever going to be like Gabe. No one's ever going to do what Gabe does. He's just going to be himself. And Everyone knows that. But Keedy, he his game can translate a little bit. He can kind of mentor Seth Wilson, mentor those guards, kind of do his thing and teach them how hard you've got to work, what you've got to do to be in this program. And I think that's kind of the leadership role that you're kind of hinting at there, Quinn. I hope Keedy can do that. Um, we've seen we've seen guards in WB's program do what you're talking about, Wesley. Um, you know, stepping in and talking to guys like Seth Wilson and Kobe Johnson. Uh, we, we saw that with guys like Gary Brown and Jawan Staten. When they were seniors, Javon Carter and Daxter Miles Jr. were freshmen. And they started a great, a great program there. Um, once Staten left, you know, I kind of thought, I was like, you know, Staten's gone, Brown's gone. What's the guard play going to be? And it turns out, you know, Daxter and Javon Carter just kind of grew up here in West Virginia. And uh, WB fans saw them get better with, with each passing year. So hopefully somebody like Kedrian Johnson can can do that with Seth Wilson and Kobe Johnson because I'm sure WB fans are, are tired of seeing people just go to the transfer portal after one year, two years. Even with Deuce, I think Deuce kind of was not like the superstar that we thought he was in his freshman, like that we learned him to be because he was he was kind of quiet. And then that Ohio State game, he comes out, drops 21, shoots lights out. Any of those three freshmen can come out tomorrow, shoot 20, like drop 21, and we'll be like, all right, like, this is this is you, this is you, and then build upon that. I just think they, they don't have a foundation to build upon yet because so many of them haven't gotten game action. And there's two reasons I think they haven't gotten game action. One is because when you're losing games, you got to have your best players in the game. And two, when your best two players are in your backcourt and they're your two guards, it's hard for other guards to see the floor when that happens. Yeah, and if you're a guard like Seth Wilson, Kobe Johnson, and your freshman, sophomore like that, you got to, you know, they haven't had a ton of game action, but you got to work your way up and, and be better than some guys. I remember when Deuce was a freshman, he came in and, and got hot in Cancun against Northern Iowa, and he had that Ohio State game. He made it to where it's like he is undoubtedly better than Jordan McCabe at this point. He needs more minutes. So hopefully we can see something like that out of Seth Wilson. I know – Hugs isn't gonna just like bench Kedrian Johnson or anything, but you know, hopefully one I mean, of those guys. Like can Curry against Kansas, but I yeah, mean, yeah. Hopefully somebody like like Kobe Johnson or Seth Wilson can show that they need to be on the floor more than just four or five minutes a game. 
Yeah. Guys, what do we think about this defense? I think it's almost the opposite of press Virginia this season. I think on at times the on-ball pressure has been very, very lacking. Uh, obviously, we saw it against Baylor, but even teams, even like against Oklahoma the other week uh, in that midweek game, I think there were a lot of open threes and a lot of open lanes for Oklahoma guys to uh, dribble in and also shoot the ball. Uh, I think that starts with the guards, obviously. Um, I think Gabe is the best defender on the team, like we've talked about. But I think uh, if Sean and Seth Wilson, guys like this, guys like we're talking about, want to see the court more, uh, I think they're going to also have to step up defensively. Yeah, yeah the, the defense has has some holes. Not you know, not going to lie. Uh, talking about like the Baylor game, Akinji was their best player on the floor, but yet he was wide open so many times um, against Baylor in Morgantown. My, Matthew Meyer was their best player. How many times was he open from deep? I mean, he was open a lot. So there's some holes in the defense for sure. Yeah, and I think this team also isn't built to press. Like, no team since 2018 has been built to press. And the reason is because they don't have a shot blocker in the black and they don't have someone who can stay with guards like Javon could. Um, JC could. They don't have a Nathan Adrian to uh, to be off the press with the long arms. Or John Holton or anyone really. Yeah. when you look at this team, this team, Huggins wants to run man-to-man. He always has wanted to run man-to-man. It's just a matter of who does he have that can fit that best. When Gabe's on the floor, Gabe is – this. the defense is 15 times better than when he's not. But I don't want to see Gabe outside on the three-point line having to guard guards because then that's when he reaches, that's when he gets in foul trouble, and that's when that then hurts the team down the stretch. But what I do want to see is I do want to see more intensity, like you said, Quinn. I think this team sometimes gets lackadaisical. I think they kind of just think, all right, we don't have to try as hard on defense, and that is hurting them. As you see, the best teams in the Big 12, Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas this year, one thing they do really, really well is they defend at all five positions. And when this team doesn't defend in all five positions, they get beat, and they've gotten beat a lot recently. Yeah, we've seen, seen some Big 12 teams that can actually lock you up on defense. All five positions are going to be playing. We see that with Texas, see that with Texas Tech. Um, even, even Kansas every now and then, they, they can defend. Uh, but you're talking about probably the best defense in America with Texas Tech, top five, top ten defense in Chris Beard's company at Texas. And they, they guard they're big men guard. They can switch, and when they switch, they can guard. I've just seen a lot of trouble with WV's defense when they switch. Say Isaiah Cottrell gets stuck out beyond the three-point line. The opponent's scoring every, every time on that. The problem and mismatches and, and everything. The problem for me has been the defense to offense difference because obviously, if we're being honest, we'd rather like West Virginia would rather have Isaiah Cottrell than Gabriel Saboyan on offense. But on the other end, they'd rather have Gabo Saboyan compared to Isaiah Control on defense. And then the problem is, is when you put Gabe in the game, say you have J, say you're running the five, the these five: Taz, Sean, JB, uh, Keedy, and Gabe. Right. So when Gabe's in the game, he can play defense, and he can do what all those elite defensive teams can do. He can switch. He can play the guards. He can defend on the three point line. He can also defend inside. But then on offense, you have to run your offense through Gabe, and then things can happen. You can't get the switches you want. You can't get the motion you want. You can't do what you want to do. But then it's like, what means more, the offensive end or the defensive end? And I'm not sure right now. Yeah. 
And the other unfortunate yeah, I think it's part definitely... is, the other unfortunate part is is sometimes you know I would take Gabe over Cottrell on offense. It's not supposed to be like that. Gabe is not some offensive player, but just the way things have been going, just I, I would honestly take Gabe in some scenarios. He's been getting better around the rim. I know he's not great, but you know his defense and then his offensive contribution. It's it's so much more than what Cottrell could give you. Go ahead, Quinn. Yeah, I was following up what Aaron was saying. Uh, he's brought up Texas and how good of a defensive team they are. When you watch teams like that, it's just crazy how many turnovers, say, um, can have one game and how many of those turnovers result in points. And I think that's definitely where West Virginia is like right now. Uh, I think the guard play can be picked up there where, like you said, against the Kinjo and Baylor, uh, they were leaving him wide open a lot of the night, even though they, even though they know Kinjo is like still one of the best players in the Big 12. Uh, he was open for a lot of the night. Um, so I think if West Virginia could find a way to capitalize on the defensive end and try to force steals and turnovers, uh, that'll result in definitely more points on the other end. Yeah, they need to get some um, some turnovers, rebounds, and get out to transition offense. I feel like the Mountaineers haven't been great this year on you know getting that transition offense. It seems like when WVU is, is on offense, when they'll turn it over, it'll lead to a run out or something like that. I just feel like that hasn't happened with WVU on the defensive end much this year. I haven't seen many you know, steals and run outs. It just hasn't happened much this year. So, you know, if they could get that going, that, that could be a step for them going forward. Yeah, I just don't see what – what how – like, I just don't see – this team is who they are, and I'm not sure at this point how many more wholesale changes you can make. Um, obviously, it would be nice – if this team could turn it up a little bit more on the defensive end, but I also think it means more if they just rebound the ball because they don't, they don't, then they don't have to play three defensive possessions in a row, bang, bang, bang. And at that time, you're probably going to get beat more likely than not. Quinn, I want to go back to you. Um, what do you think has to change the most between when this, these two teams met a couple weeks ago compared to tomorrow? What do you think? West Virginia has to do differently if they want to give themselves a chance to win tomorrow? Uh, defense. I think uh, what Texas Tech is some of the best shooting in the country right now. Uh, I think their field goal shooting is almost at 50%. Um, with just with McCuller and when you have Williams there too, um, those guys are just top 12, top big 12 scorers. And if you leave them open, they're going to score the ball just like they did uh, with Baylor. Um, so I think getting in defenders' faces and keeping your hands up. I know it sounds very simple and uh, very easy to say, but I think strong defense makes a big difference always. And I think uh, I think it's mainly guard defense. So I think the big thing for this game is kind of what we talked about when we previewed the last Texas Tech game. We, we knew Texas Tech was big. We knew their forwards were going to be bigger than WVU. And we talked about rebounding. And in the game against in Lubbock against Texas Tech, Mountaineers gave up 15 offensive boards, 35 boards in total gathered by the Red Raiders. That can't happen. I know, Wesley, like you said, this team is what it is. And you're right. You have a point there. Um, but in a game you need to be inspired and, and you need to win, you can't give up 15 offensive rebounds. You got to lock up the forwards like O'Banner. O'Banner just sat out and shot the ball against the Mountaineers the last time. Can't happen. Um, and guys like Cottrell and, and 
I know Polycap hasn't been getting many minutes lately, but guys like that are going to have to hold their own against the, the guys they're up against because what happened last time against Texas Tech is not going to cut it again. Yeah, one a couple pieces of good news. Um, not good news, but could be good news, you know. Um, is I think McNeil's going to find his stride. Um, he obviously got going a little more against uh, Baylor on Monday, and he obviously seemed to be a little more comfortable. And if Taz is out, he knows. Like, he knows it's on him to kind of run that offense. And I think Sean is the go-to guy. It might, it might, it might be good, you know? Um, another piece of good news, not good news because you never wish for this, but just a piece of news, is Terrence Shannon uh, and his availability. Against Texas on Tuesday, he played in only six minutes, finishing with two points. Obviously, first time these two teams played, he played 32 minutes and finished with 23 points. So when you're a West Virginia team who needs every break they can get, especially if Taz is out, um, I do think without Shannon, that does open the door and gives West Virginia a little window of opportunity to possibly sneak out with a win on Saturday. Thoughts? Yeah, Shannon's Shannon's a great guy for them. He's he's been consistent. Um, he's been there for a while. He scored twenty three against the Mountaineers in Lubbock. That's big time. He hit all the big shots with what under nine, under eight minutes to go. He had three different threes, a big and one. He was big. But say Taz is out. Tech has other scores. Uh, O'Banner scored eighteen against the Mountaineers last time. Bryson Williams shot the ball well and scored thirteen. I think if Taz is out and maybe Shannon is not super available, maybe plays five, 10 minutes. I think Texas Tech is still at an advantage there because they have other scores, guys like Warren and even Kevin McCuller, guys that can score the ball while WVU's sitting at Sean McNeil. And I mean, like I've said a couple of times, the scouting report isn't hard if you're not a team, if, especially if Taz is out, just simply either double team or face guard Sean McNeil. And there's not many other threats outside of that. So I think Tech will still be at an advantage if Taz Sherman is out. Yeah, I think uh, on Texas Tech side, uh, since we're previewing them, Bryson Williams and Terrence Shannon for sure. Uh, Terrence Shannon had the most like, points against us last time, but Bryson Williams is hitting over 50% from uh, from the field right now, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, and, and also that he's a newcomer yeah. to the Big 12. Um, that's just a little – I think Texas Tech, their just offense is on a whole other level, and it shows – when they're playing uh, ranked teams and are running up the score. Um, but, and also uh, in years past, Texas Tech and West Virginia, they swept the series usually. I know in 2019, West Virginia won uh, both the games. And then I think last season, Texas Tech won both of them uh, when they had Mac McClung. And it was, so I have a feeling that Texas Tech's going to take this one again, um, just because they're field goal shooting all over the place. Uh, and their defense has been stepping up lately too. Uh, but definitely Bryson Williams and Terrence Shannon to watch out for. It's important to note that the, the Red Raiders have not had hardly any success in Morgantown. They're like seven or eight, or WVU is seven or eight and two. Um, I, I believe eight and two in the Coliseum while playing Texas Tech, um, dating back to last year with that crazy Deuce McBride game. Um, there's just, the, Texas Tech hasn't had a whole lot of success in Morgantown. So I think that's uh, something to keep in mind. One, the one thing I do hope, and I think the players hope, and I think everyone hopes, is that I hope fans show up tomorrow. Um, 
there's a million reasons why they shouldn't show up tomorrow. They've lost six straight, could be without Taz. They're playing a top 15 team in the country who can defend, defend, defend. Um, I just think it's a whole different ball game when that Coliseum's has 14,000 strong. One thing I do want to get to, and I know Aaron, you and me, we touched on this uh, on Monday, Tuesday, on Tuesday, excuse me, is Texas Tech and their game against Texas. Obviously, most people know by now they played Texas, uh, Texas Tech played Texas. Chris Beard returned uh, to Lubbock on Tuesday in what was a possibly the craziest environment we've seen in college basketball this year. And we talked kind of, Aaron, I know about a possible letdown, a possible emotional swing, an emotional roller coaster. And I think even though we kind of said, oh, if they win, it'll be harder for West Virginia. I think you could even though, like after looking at the, like after the fact, now that they've seen how emotional that game was and how crazy that game was, they could possibly come out a little tired. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? I think you're right. I think Saturday's game, um, if you're from Texas Tech's perspective, it's a trap game. You're looking at a, a hungry Mountaineer team who's lost six straight. You're coming off of the most emotional game in the last, I don't know, two or three years. It's it's a trap game for sure. They got to come out with their best. I you know I was hoping for maybe Texas coming in stealing one, and Texas Tech would let that loss beat them twice. Well, Texas Tech came out and smacked Texas in the mouth. So if they keep their momentum up, then it's going to be really hard for WVU. But it is important to note that this is kind of a trap game in Morgantown. Yeah, I think Texas Tech showed Chris Beard uh, what they're still made of, even after even after he's gone. The uh, I don't think this, this Texas Tech team doesn't slow down. I feel like for for years now they're going to be a good team, just because of the players they've been able to recruit. Um, I mean, and you're right, Aaron. Yeah, but they are a little old. Like if we're being honest, they do have o- O'Banner, who was a transfer. They do have McCullers, who's been there for a hot minute. Shannon, who's been there for a hot minute. But Quinn, I, I do I do think that point of them being around. And I think it starts with Mark Adams. Um, Quinn, do you want to touch on Mark Adams a little bit? Just what you think he brings to the table? I mean, obviously he was a beard assistant and now he is, he's the guy. He's kind of put that program on the map when I don't think a lot of people thought they would be this good this quickly. Yeah, I think he brings intensity. um, And I think that's what any good coach should do. Uh, I think on defense, especially, uh, he, he'll, he'll always have his guys playing up. Um, I think that's one of the best things about college basketball, too. And you don't really see it in the NBA ever, um, is how hard of defense these guys are playing. Um, I think against uh, Texas, they had 14 turnovers and nine steals. Um, so that was, a, that was a big part of their uh, t- double what – was, what was the final score? Yeah, double-digit victory. Um, so I think just intensity is what Mark Adams brings and, and obviously, uh, developing these players that he's had that Chris Beer may have brought on, um, and just development in general. Yeah, they've been still a culture of we're going to play defense. And I think Adams really gets the best out of his players. I think Beard does too. And, um, Adams has been with Beard for, you know, forever now. They've both of those guys have just instilled a culture of I'm going to get the best out of my players. We're going to lock up on defense. 
but we can also hurt you from beyond the arc and shooting the basketball too. And that makes a really good team. That makes a really dangerous team in March. And I think Texas Tech is that right now. Yeah, let's let's think back to the best West Virginia teams of the past six years. It was those press Virginia teams, that, that Final Four team even. It was like, we're going to play defense. We're going to shoot the three. You got to come beat us. And I think Texas Tech has that exact mindset of, we're going to sit our butts down on defense and we are going to play hard on defense. If you can beat us, all right, do that. But it's not as easy as you think. And I think West Virginia is they're going to need, they're going to need to not turn the ball over. Like you got to take care of the basketball. You've got to take care of the basketball. You're at home. You've got, it's a must win game. West Virginia is last in the big 12 right now. They are dead last. I'm not sure many people thought having, two of the top scorers in the league will put you at last, but that's where they are. They're going to have to fight to get this one on Saturday. Yeah, and your point about turnovers is super vital considering the size of Texas Tech, considering the just absolutely, you know, despicable interior play of WB's bigs. They're probably going to lose the rebounding game again. Um, you know, you can't predict that, but let's just be real. Um, Texas Tech grabbed 10 offensive boards against Texas they grabbed 15 offensive boards against WVU the last time. They're probably going to win the rebounding battle again. So if you're WVU, you've got to take care of the basketball um, to make up for that. Gwen, do you have any thoughts? I think this is going to be, yeah. West Virginia is not a good spot right now. Texas Tech's in a very good spot. And I like that Aaron brought up the height again um, because that is sort of what hurt. Um, West Virginia last time, uh, even though um, they're, they are guard heavy. I mean, McCuller and Opener can both go inside. Um, I think Texas Tech is, if not Final Four, they're at least Elite Eight or Sweet 16 team this year. Um, I agree. I have, I think I it's have a, Tech in the Final Four. Yeah. And I, even, though, even though Tech has been really good uh, in Morgantown, I think this is a loss for West Virginia. And also, um, back to your point, Wesley, uh, when you do have – when West Virginia does have the top two scorers in the Big 12 uh, and they're struggling this much, it uh, goes to show that what a whole team can do and how much of a team game this is. Yeah, I do think there's an aspect to how much of a team game is, especially on the defensive end. But then you've also seen guys like Agbaje at uh, Kansas. You've seen guys like Cade Cunningham last year that can just take over games. West Virginia has a guy that can take over games, but they don't have the guys that can get the stops, and I think that's the problem. One thing I want to look at, um, Big 12 standings uh, heading into this weekend. Kansas 7-1 and one in conference, Baylor 7-2, and two, Texas Tech 6-3. and three. Then there's a gap. You got TCU at four and three, Texas at five and four. Then you have four, three, and six teams. And then you have West Virginia at two and six. Mountaineers won two of their first three conference games. And now here they are at two and six. Not where they thought they would be. Not where probably anyone in this conference thought they would be. Um, they do have 13 wins. I think their non-conference does help their resume, but they're – in most project projections, they're the last four in or the first four out in most tournament projections. Obviously, still a lot of basketball to go. They could go win five straight and be right back in the mix of things. But what what do you think is – who do you think is more desperate here? A Texas Tech team that's trying to stay relevant and trying to possibly go win a Big 12 conference championship 
or a West Virginia team that could be without their best player and needs a win but doesn't have momentum going towards a win? What do you think is more likely to happen, West Virginia get a win or Texas Tech get a win? I think it's more likely that Texas Tech comes out and gets a win, even though the desperate it's, – it's more of a desperation on WVU's end because you're playing for the NCAA tournament. You've lost six straight, and now you're on the bubble. And if you keep losing, you're not even going to be on the bubble. Texas Tech staying relevant, that's not as much as a desperation thing. But, I, you know, watching Texas Tech, um, you know, after the Texas win, I just – if they come out and play, it's going to be really hard to beat them. Um, you know, WV's going to have to play with complete desperation. Um, they have to win this game no matter what the status of any players are. So, um, but unfortunately, I think it's just, it's more likely that Texas Tech comes out, they don't lay an egg, and they just get the win. Yeah, this is very David Goliath like. And I think that uh, Huggins even saying, and if, I believe it was after the Oklahoma game, just saying that he thinks the team's going to get it turned around. And I think that's a lot of uh, the Mountaineers being hungry just dur during this whole losing streak. Um, I think they really, really want to win. And, I mean, you saw against Baylor, they were really trying to find ways to win this game, um, even things they haven't done a, a whole lot of, um, just giving the ball to different guys, letting them shoot it. Um, but I think Texas Tech, this should, this should be a fairly easy victory for Texas Tech, I, I think. Um, and I think they get it by double digits. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think I think WB fans are going to show out. Um, and show up. I don't think it's going to be sold out, but it's it's going to be loud in there um, on Saturday. And I think Kansas back in. Yeah, I'm saying I'm not saying it's going to be a WV win, but I'm saying don't count out the Mountaineers. And I don't think it's going to be easy for Texas Tech. Um, not to say that they're not going to come in and win, not to say they're they're not the better team because they are. But don't count out the Mountaineers because yeah. they need a win. And yeah. I think they're going to play their best. One thing I want to get to for both of you, and I'll do it, I'll go first, is um, two questions. Just has play and then score prediction and why. Obviously, both of you said who you think is going to win. I just want a little score prediction and why. I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Taz does not play. I just don't see him getting out of concussion protocol. He hasn't practiced all week. This team, they, they do, they're going to want to be cautious because – if you have Taz for one game and then he gets messed up and then he can't play the rest of the way compared to you don't have Taz for one more game and then he can play, I think obviously one outweighs the other. But I do think West Virginia pulls out the victory. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer here, but I think the Mountaineers are going to kind of catch a little Texas, Texas Tech team by surprise. Expect the freshmen to have a day. Expect one of them. I'm not going to pick which one because I have no idea. Expect one of them to score around at least 12, 15 points. I'm going to say West Virginia is going to win a close one. I'm going to go 73-69 Mountaineers. Quinn, you're up. Go. Yeah, uh, I think West Virginia could make it close too, like you guys are saying. They definitely have the capabilities. Um, I, I just think Texas Tech is a really, really good team right now. Uh, West Virginia has a lot of upside right now and things they can – get better on definitely um but i think west i think texas tech takes this um i'd say 75 to 65 do you think taz plays quinn 
I do not think Taz plays. Huggins did not sound very optimistic uh, in his midweek interview. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, reading uh, Huggs' quotes. I know he's very kind of, you know, I wasn't involved in the process kind of thing, but it doesn't seem very likely that he's going to play. I say Taz doesn't play. I say WB plays a very good game. It's going to be loud, but Texas Tech pulls it out. I'm going to go 71-65. Um, I think Seth Wilson and either Seth Wilson or Kobe Johnson. I'm going to go Kobe Johnson. Steps up, gets – eight or nine, 10 points maybe off the bench for, for WVU. And uh, Wesley, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to predict that Jalen Bridges uh, gets off his little slump. I'm going to predict that for like the third different time. I but mean, if, if Bridges, you're saying it, it's bound to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, third time's a charm. Jalen Bridges is going to score 15. All right, so uh, heading into picks, um, Aaron, you're last, five and five. Uh, Quinn and I, we're just a game above you at six and four. Obviously, we gave you our picks for this game. But I want to go around the Big 12. Um, who do you want to start with? Quinn, Aaron, anyone, any one of you want to go first? Quinn goes first because I need more time to think about it, obviously. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll just read you each game. You ready? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Yep. Uh, I'll go Oklahoma. All right. I think they're playing. I think they're hot right now, and they're, they have a lot of momentum. Iowa State, Texas? Uh, I think Texas gets the slight uh, upset because their defense is playing really well right now. And Courtney Ramey, Courtney Ramey is a he's a special player. Kansas State at TCU. Uh, I'm going to Kansas State. And then, I know some of us picked TCU the other week and it was not good. All right, and then game of the day, uh, Baylor at Kansas. What should be an eventful one? And more. Yeah, I think. I think Baylor uh, is going to win. I think even without some of their top players, Akinjo uh, is going to step up. Mayer is going to step up, uh, play defense, and shoot the three like he does. Uh, so I've got Baylor. Aaron, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll go. All right. Oklahoma at Oklahoma um, uh, uh, Let's go Oklahoma. Right. I, I want to pick Oklahoma State, but – Iowa State, Texas? I think Texas gets the win there. Um, they're going to come out, and um, they're going to be mad after that Texas Tech loss, so they get it done on their home floor. K-State, TCU? Uh, I want to go TCU, but I'm going to go K-State. Nigel packs a bucket, and he's going to keep up his uh, scoring barrage. And then Baylor, Kansas? If Kansas flipped a coin 10 different times at Allen Fieldhouse, they would win 10 different times, so I'm going to go Kansas. Never pick against them at home. Yeah, as far as I go, I'm going to go with Oklahoma, just like the other, just like you guys. I'm going to go with Texas, just also like you guys. I think they're going to be motivated. They need wins. And what's what's worse than losing for your head coach on the road, you know? Uh, as far as Kansas State TCU, I think TCU is a really good ball club. They're at home, and I'm going to take TCU at home. And then Baylor, Kansas. Kansas just got obliterated by Kentucky at home a week ago. They they have a bad taste in their mouths. They just went and beat Iowa State uh, without I think I think it was without Abaji. Without Abaji, yeah, on the road without Abaji. And so I think Kansas is going to come home and win. Uh, anything else from you guys regarding uh, West Virginia? Anything West Virginia uh, basketball, football? Oh, one thing I want to mention 
We are a West Virginia sports podcast. KK Deans out for the year for the women's basketball team. They seem to kind of start getting hot there as Marie Martinez kind of got things going, had a double-double, and I think it was like three straight games. Um, obviously a rough, rough one for the women's basketball team. Anything else from either two of you guys on anything? Yeah. Yeah, also on that note, Wesley, um, Kari Nyblak scored her 1,000 point as well. She did. Um, and you can, you, you can, we have something right on that on Blue Gold Sports. Uh, she's been a crazy good performer for the women's team these past four years. Uh, and for men's wise, I think everyone should pack the Coliseum tomorrow and make it loud for a tough Texas Tech team here in Morgantown. Yep, I agree. I think it's going to be a loud environment. It's going to be a good environment. So um, it'll be a good game tomorrow for sure. Yep. And that's that's what's going to be happening. Uh, we will give you a post-game podcast following tomorrow's game. Until then, uh, if you've made it this far, we do thank you for listening. Be sure to go check out any content on bluegoldsports.com. Um, we do thank you again for listening. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Quinn Burkett and Aaron Parker, and this is the bluegoldsports.com podcast. <laughs>